Well, it is so good to be together with you. And with those of you online, we're so grateful to share this time uh, together uh, with you. Uh, for those of you that are new with us, we have a gift for you. And at the end of the service, for those in the room, if you'll go back to the welcome table, a host would be there. And they would love to give you a gift for being with us. And for those of you online, if you're new with us, uh, we have a gift for you as well. And if you'll let us know that you're new with us by filling out the Connect card that they're posting right now, um, in the link in the chat uh, there. If you'll fill that out and let us know that you're new with us, we'd love to send you a gift for being new with us today. Hey, Westside, let's let everyone that's watching online and those that are new with us in the room, let them know how grateful we are to share this time with them. Will you do that with me? Yeah. Now, we all have unique and many thoughts when it comes to our ideas or our opinions of what church is. Um, something comes to mind when you think of church. Some immediately think of a place or a building when you think of church. You think of maybe a location. For others, something might come to mind that is something special, like maybe, maybe it was a wedding that took place or it was a, a, another time when you dedicated a child or it might be another meaningful time of like a, a special event that took place in a church. Uh, for some, it might not be a, such a special thing. It might not be a special memory that you connect to when you think of church. Others may think of a style of service. You know, they think of a church of a, a, with a certain style or a certain tradition that was a part of a, uh, something, a service that you grew up in a pattern and, and that you participated in as a family, maybe growing up, and that was a part of your, your, your past. Um, some, unfortunately, Connect church to a pain or a hurt. And as soon as you say church, they get a negative reaction because of an experience, a negative experience that they've had. Culture also has a thought of what it thinks of church. It, it, it has an opinion of church. And it used to be that culture had a positive opinion of church to where church was the place you would go when you needed help. And now... In today's culture, church is becoming a people that we avoid. It used to be this. And the reason we all have our unique experience or, or opinions, uh, the reason that we all have our own thoughts about what church is, is we all have unique expectations of what the church is or what the church should be. I mean, you have your own expectations of what church is. Uh, that this, this, and, and in this, what this is, is you then now have an opinion based on these expectations of what the church's mission should be. And that opinion is shaped by those things. It's by many things. It's shaped by your experiences that you've had. Your, your, your expectations and your opinion and your what, what you think the mission should be is shaped by your traditions. It's shaped by your hurts. It's shaped by your relationships, the relationships you have right now, the relationships you've had, the relationships you don't have, that you wish you had. It shapes that. It, 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 it's also, it, it can be shaped by the, even the views of culture. And then what we do is we bring our expectations into the church. We bring our expectations here and we, we, we expect the church to fulfill what we want it to fulfill. We expect the church to meet our expectations that we have. We expect that, that, that we want to find in a church, and that's the whole purpose of you know, discovering a church. We want to discover a church that meets your needs and meets your wants and really meets your expectations. 
We want to find a church or a people that we can be a part of, that we can identify with, that we can connect with, and we can connect with the mission that it has (laughs) and the purpose that it has. But I want to ask a question. What does God say about the mission of the church? What does he say? And I want to answer that question in this series. What does God say about the mission of the church? And we're going to look at scripture to discover what God's mission is. And through this series, we're going to be looking at this idea, that this is the series' big idea, that the church doesn't have a mission. God's mission has a church. The church doesn't have a mission. It's God's mission that has a church. And this is a very important paradigm to see the church. A paradigm is a a process of thinking, a pattern of thinking, a flow of thinking by which you develop your behaviors, you develop your processes. It it shapes many things else. And it's how you see. And, And we need to see this uniquely. And we need to respond differently. See, in order to understand the purpose of the church, you and I must first understand God's mission. Because if we don't understand God's mission, we will misunderstand the church. We understand God's mission by turning to Scripture, which is God's revelation of who He is and who we are in light of who He is. And when we turn to Scripture, we're going to see a thread that is woven in the beginning of Genesis, and it's woven throughout the entire text as we read through the poetry, the history, the, 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 the books, the, the, the letters, and the Gospels. And through that, this, this amazing compilation of writings that was written thousands of years ago over a period of 1,500 years by 40 different people, you're going to see that God's purpose and his mission, mission is it, it, it's all there to show us this purpose and mission that God has. See, since the beginning, God's purpose was for humanity to be his people in perfect community with him and each other. You're going to discover in the pages of scripture that this is the purpose of humanity, that God created humanity to be his people his family, that God created us to be in a relationship with him, in community with him, in communion with him. And God also created us to be in a relationship with each other. And when we open the scripture that we have and we go to Genesis, which means the beginning, and we look at this writing in Genesis 1, chapter 26 and 27 and 28, we're going to look at 27 and 28, we we see this this, uh, relationship unfold. So God created mankind in verse 27, we read, God created mankind, and I want you to underline, in his own image. And then the writer repeats itself, in the image of God, he created them, male and female. You might find the repeating pattern in this and, and identify it, highlight it. Male and female, he created them. And then God blessed them, verse 28. Now, I want you to circle that word blessed because that's so important to today's teaching. God blessed them. And he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. The writer of Genesis, which Hebrew tradition says is Moses, he poetically shares, he shares and tells us who created humanity and why humanity was created. See, God 
created humanity to embody God's image, to embody the image of God. And then the writer says right here that God blessed them. Now, I want to give you a key. It's an important key. And this key unlocks the door to interpreting Scripture, especially when we're looking at the book of Genesis. And that key is this. Look for repeating patterns. See, the meaning is discovered in the repeating. Let me repeat that. The meaning is discovered in the repeating. And so in this, we see uh, some repeating patterns. For instance, in that verse 27, we saw that humanity was made in the image of God multiple times. And if you were to open up your Bible and go to verse 26 of chapter 1, in which I encourage you to follow along with if you have your Bibles, then in, in verse 26, you're going to see that, the, that God created humanity, man and woman, in his own image. In, and he would say, in our likeness, they were created. The idea, the writer is introducing something important and a new, an important idea by repeating it. Another pattern is established when the writer writes, and God blessed them. It was the second time we see this word blessed in the opening pages of this, of this book. See, the first time that is right after God created the living creatures that move within the sea and all the birds that fly over and hover in the air. And the second time is after God created all the inhabitants of land and then he makes man and female, male and female, man and woman. And the writer says, he blessed them. He blessed the man and woman. See, humanity was blessed. And we see it blessed, this blessing in three different ways. They were blessed because they were made in the image of God. They were blessed because they were in perfect community with God. And they were blessed because they were under the authority of God. Humanity reflected the, the image of God. It ref, this was the glory of God. This is, this is how humanity was made to glorify God, to reflect his perfect image and humanity also had this perfect relationship with God, this communion that was untainted. And it, we also had this relationship with one another. And humanity was under God's authority and therefore had authority of, to rule on God's behalf. But then something happened. The first two humans disrupted God's purpose by resisting God's authority and breaking humanity's relationship with God. As soon as Adam and Eve, and you may or not, may or may or not be, may not be familiar with this Genesis 3 narrative, but as soon as Adam and Eve gave in to Satan's deceptive idea that they could be like God by obtaining wisdom in a different way, they stepped out from God's authority. They stepped out from underneath God's authority by disobeying his direction to not eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And that's what the enemy has been doing since this beginning of time. See, Satan is, is an accuser. And, and, and other terms, other words for the de are called the devil, which means deceiver. And since the beginning of time, this is what he's done. He's deceived humanity. See, Satan has a mission to deceive humanity for one purpose. He wants to destroy the image of God in all who bear his image. He wants to destroy the image of God in all humanity. He wants to deceive humanity so he can destroy the image 
of God in us. And this has been his, his, his scheme since the beginning of time. It's been his plan since the beginning to destroy the image of God in you and the image of God in those around you because he cannot take to see and, and to, to, he cannot take the fact that you reflect the nature and the character and the image of God. And after they sinned, after Adam and Eve sinned by not submitting to God's authority, we read what happens. That the then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. You know what they did in this moment? They hid from each other because they realized there was something broken in their own relationship. And then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking and in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. The Lord God called to the man, where are you? And in this moment that we see God asking Adam and Eve, where are you? We see humanity is lost. Humanity at this moment is lost. They believed Satan's deceptive lie and they stopped trusting and believing God and stepped out of his authority. And at the moment that they gave into Satan's deceptive lie, their desires became disordered. It wasn't enough to be made in the image of God. Now humanity had to be God, equal with God, and be their own authority. The blessing had now been broken. Broken by sin, broken by not believing and trusting in God's authority, broken by not trusting in God and believing his word. Humanity was lost. Where are you? Broken in their relationship with God and each other. See, sin broke our perfect community with God and with each other. We, they were ashamed and they hid because they saw their nakedness. And not only did they hide from each other, they hid from God. See, sin breaks our relationship with God and sin breaks our relationships with one another. The blessing that once was is now broken and brokenness was introduced into the hum human narrative. What was supposed to be a blessed relationship with God, a blessed relationship with each other, and even a blessed relationship with the earth now had become cursed. Our broken relationships with God, each other, and the earth are the curse of sin. The pattern of blessing was broken because of sin. See, when we don't trust God, when we don't believe in him or believe in his, his word, we sin and we continue this broken pattern. We read about this curse being introduced in this pattern of this curse that would be really given to all humanity where God addresses the man and woman in chapter three. We see this curse introduced. And I want you to read this with me. In verse 16, the, to the woman, he said, I will make your pains. And I want you to hear, hear the repeating pattern of pain. I, want, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to your children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. 
To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Now we see that the curse is connected to the pain. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you, and you need to underline this or circle this, highlight this however you can, until you return to the ground. Since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. See, death is the curse of sin. Death becomes the curse of sin. Not only does death, the, the result of sin in our relationship being broken with the earth, because now to dust we return from what we were made. But death is the result of the curse of sin in our relationships with one another. We have broken relationships. And, there's, and the things that we do can destroy the relationship we have with one another. And the sin that we're under, that we're born into, part of this human narrative, means that there's a death in our relationship with God. That there is a death to our relationship with God. This is the perpetual curse of sin on all humanity. Death. Until our relationship with God is restored, you and I cannot break the curse of sin. Humanity has tried timeless time again, time and time again. It has been since the beginning of time, humanity has tried to break the curse of sin. Humanity has looked to remedies to fix the brokenness of sin in our own lives. This is why we will try whatever we can try to avoid pain. This is why we'll do, go to the extremes we do. Because we're trying to fix a brokenness that is within. We try to escape that brokenness. See, since the beginning of time, humanity has turned to anyone or anything but God to find a way out of its brokenness. We created religions to figure out a way to fix our brokenness. We think that if there's a, a we, we create religious systems, that there's been religious systems that have been created to fix our brokenness, that we think if we can, we can, we can fix it by finding practices that we can put in the place to fix our brokenness. And if we do it just the right way, it will fix our relationship with God. We turn then to different ways. Also, it's not just religion we turn to. Sometimes we'll turn to to habits or substances or we'll, we'll try different ways to medicate or momentarily fix a brokenness. But it's just momentary because a, a broken solution never is the solution we find out. See, that's what we end up doing is we, we then go to relationships, we turn to broken relationships to, to try to fix our broken souls. We'll bounce from one broken relationship to another only to find out that broken solutions never become the solution. See, it breaks God's heart when we go to broken ways to find a way out of our brokenness. It breaks God's heart when we go to a bro- a broken solutions to be the solution to our brokenness. And when we turn to anything or anyone else but God to find a, a way out of our brokenness, it ends up somewhere. It ends up in evil. This is 
what happens in the next chapters of Genesis. In Genesis, as three turns into four, four turns into five, all the way through chapter seven, we see that the brokenness and trying to fix it on our own where it ends up. Cain tries to fix his own brokenness and he turns to a broken solution and ends up murdering his brother Abel. Lamech, Cain's great, 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 great grandson, Lamech turns and he looks to multiple marriages and and revenge to fix his own brokenness. Then God looks at all the evil that has been caused by people trying to fix their own brokenness on their own. And he looks at it and, and all the perpetuation of what has happened with humanity trying to fix it on its own. See, he looks at it and he sees that the blessing had now been broken and the curse was in command. But God never abandoned his mission. God has never abandoned his mission. See, God created us to be in perfect relationship with him. He created us to be his family, to reflect his image. God would then unveil his mission to humanity and provide a way to to provide a way to restore humanity's relationship with God. God establishes a covenant with a man named Noah because he saw Noah who would do what's right. He was righteous. He did what was right when God's eyes. And Noah would become like a new Adam. His family would start a new family line. And we read in chapter 9 that then God blessed. Circle that word blessed. It's so important to understand our story and what what God's mission is. God blessed Noah and his son saying to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. Now this is the first time this word blessed comes back into our narrative after four chapters of cursings and seeing what happens under the perpetuation of trying to fix our brokenness on our own. God says there's a blessing. This is the first time it comes back. Just as God blessed in the beginning, God blesses again. And here we get another key that unlocks the meaning of what God is doing. See, the reverse of the curse is blessing. The reverse of the curse is this blessing God has. The blessing of God is the reverse of the curse of sin. It's it's the original design for all humanity to be blessed. It's the original design to be blessed, not cursed. So God blesses Noah and his family. However, as we read, the hearts of humanity would continue to pursue broken ways. They would deny God's authority on their life. They would pursue their own ways to find a way out of its brokenness caused by sin. Then God chooses a childless couple named Abraham and Sarah. God's mission to restore the family of God now has a couple, a couple that it would take a miracle for them to have a family. And this is what God says to them. I will make you into a great nation. We read this in Genesis chapter 12. I will make you into a great nation and see the narrative continue. And I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All humanity is going to be blessed through you. 
God was now going to bless all the peoples of the world. God was going to reverse the curse of sin on humanity through the family line of Abraham and Sarah. See, God blessed Abraham and Sarah by turning their non-existent family line into a nation who would be the nation of Israel. And this nation of Israel would bring the solution to reverse the curse of sin. It would be through the nation of Israel that Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, would come to bring salvation to the whole world, creating a new humanity through the perfect work of Jesus. A new humanity, the new family of God would receive this blessing, the reverse of the curse of sin and of having God's image restored in them. See, God's mission is to bless all people through Jesus and restore God's image in all who trust in him as Savior and follow him as Lord, restoring them back into God's family. This is God's mission. This is his purpose. This is what he has never abandoned. God wants to reverse the curse of sin in you. And he not only wants to do that, he wants to reverse the curse of sin uh, of those close to you. And the way he wants to do that is he wants to bless you and wants you to be the blessing to those around you through your testimony of what he's done for you. God wants to reverse the curse of sin in all who are far from God because he wants to have a relationship with them. Because their relationship with God is broken. And that's the key to reversing the curse of sin is restoring them back into the relationship with God. See, God wants to reverse the curse, not just in people's broken relationships with God. God wants to reverse the curse of sin in broken marriages. God wants to reverse the curse of sin in broken families, in the relationships within the families. God wants to reverse the curse of sin in broken men and broken women. God wants to reverse the curse of sin in broken teenagers and broken kids. He wants to reverse the curse of sin. See, God wants to reverse the curse of sin and the brokenness that causes people to turn to broken solutions. He wants to bless all people. And the result of that curse being reversed is that God has a family that reflects his image. And here's the teaching big idea that I want you to leave with today. See, God's mission is to restore his image in humanity through Jesus' perfect work and sacrificial death. This is God's mission, to restore his image in humanity through Jesus' perfect work and sacrificial death. This is God's purpose. This is God's mission. This is why Jesus came. This is why he lived the perfect life that you can never live. Because in your perfection, you cannot be perfect enough to fix your relationship with God. Only Jesus could come and do that for you. In this, this is why he came and he had to die a criminal's death, taking upon himself the punishment, not just for the sins that you've done, but for the sins of all the world. Because this is why he did it, because you cannot do enough good to make up for any one thing that you've done against God. That our unbelief against God is an insurmountable debt that we could never pay. There's only one way 
that could be paid for not just you, but for all of humanity. And that would be the son of God would step into this world and take upon himself your punishment, my punishment, and the punishment of all who would trust in him. And he would bear that upon his weight. And he would take that to his death. This is why he did it, to reverse the curse of sin. This is why God raised Jesus back to life so he could give life to all who trust in him and he could restore the image of God in you and you could receive your place back into the family of God. He wants to bless you and give you a place in the family of God to reverse the curse of sin, to restore you back into a relationship with God, a relationship with his family. This is God's mission to bless, to bless you, to reverse the curse of sin and restore God's image in you. But only God can reverse the curse of sin in you. Broken solutions never and will never be the solution to reversing the curse. Now I want to ask you a couple questions and the first is this. Are you pursuing a broken solution to restore your brokenness? I want you to be honest with yourself. Are you pursuing a broken solution to restore brokenness inside of you? Are you turning to broken relationships to restore a vacancy, a void inside of you that can only be filled with God? Do you turn to one broken relationship after another? Are you turning to maybe, maybe it's not a relationship. Maybe it's a, a, it's a fix or it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a habit. It's something else that you're turning to to fix something that is broken inside of you. You're turning to a broken way of life to fix something that only God can fix for you. If so, I want to ask you to do something today. I want to ask you simply, turn to God. Turn away from that broken thing that you've been pursuing or that someone you've been pursuing to fill the gap of what God can only do for you. I want you to turn away from that and I want you to turn to God. Let God be your solution. This is what God would give you and I, give all people as a way to be restored and have the blessing restored in our life, to, to be brought back into the blessing. It's called repentance. See, repentance is turning from our broken solution, turning to the only solution. This is repentance. And God is asking us to do this. this is, and, and this is the only way. Repentance is the only way that we can have the image of God restored in our life through the work of Jesus, his life, his death, and his resurrection. Second, I believe God wants to use you. I want you to know something. God wants to use your testimony for his purpose to bless others and reverse the curse of sin in their lives. So I want to ask you this question secondly. Are you pursuing God's mess, uh, mission to restore his image in those who are close to you but broken in their relationship with God? Are you pursuing that mission? Are you joining him on that mission or are you pursuing another mission? Is there another purpose that you are pursuing? Is there something else that has put the priority of, no, no, this is what church should be. This is what I want this to be. This is what I am pursuing just personally. Or are you making that your pursuit? 
Is there something else that has taken that place of priority? Uh, Or is there something else that's taken a higher priority than this in your life? See, God wants to change people's hearts so they can reflect his image. It's out of heart change that comes life change. You know what sometimes happens? And, 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 and when our heart change that reflects life, then the behavior changes. But you know what we often want to do? Is our priority is to fix the people. We want to fix the behavior. We want to fix the practice. We want to fix them. And we want to fix people so they do what we want them to do. That they do what I want them to do. That they do what you want them to do. Instead of pursuing what God, his mission is. Restoring them. Restoring their identity. Restoring his image in them. And see, we try to fix people from the outside in, but God, he wants to restore people from the inside out. What we try to do is we try to fix people's behaviors before we allow God to fix their hearts. And that's our mission. Our mission is what God wants to do in transforming them. That's his blessing. See, God's blessing is not that he only changes our behavior. God's blessing. It's but rather that he changes our identity through a new life in Jesus. Behavioral changes don't lead to a heart change. Behavioral changes never lead to a new identity in Christ. It's heart change through trusting in Jesus and faith in Jesus alone that leads to a new identity and that leads to a new way of life, a new way of living. It's the transformation of the human heart that is the blessing that our world so desperately needs today. And it's needed since the beginning of time. It needs a transformation See, God's mission has always been to restore his image in his humanity through Jesus' perfect work in his sacrificial death. That is why the church does not have a mission, but God's mission has a church. And I want us to do something as we close the service today. You can do this with me or you can choose not to, but I'm gonna ask us to do a time of corporate prayer and a corporate repentance. And they're going to put up a, a prayer up on the screen. And it's in this prayer that I want you to prayerfully consider. Will you join me in this? And I'm gonna read this to you so you can think about it. And then I'm gonna ask you all to stand together and you can choose whether you want to pray this or not. You may need to pray this because you've been turning to a broken solution and you need to turn to God today. You need to pray this because maybe there's another priority that's taken your place other than the mission of what God has. And in this, I believe as we corporately take this time as we've done all day to repent together, there's something powerful that happens when the church finds their place in the mission of God. Something powerful in us and through us.
So here's the prayer I wanna encourage you to join me in praying. Father, we repent of turning to broken solutions to fix our brokenness. We repent of turning to broken relationships to find our identity. We repent of breaking with relationships with others in our pursuit to fix our own brokenness. And we repent by not submitting to your authority. Father, we return to you. We turn to you to receive your blessing. I'm gonna ask you to stand right now. And as we close the service, if you feel led, would you say this with me out loud? On the count of three. One, two, three. Father, we repent of turning to broken solutions to fix our brokenness. We repent of turning to broken relationships to find our identity. We repent of breaking relationships with others by pursuing to fix our own brokenness. We repent of not submitting to your authority. Father, we turn to you to receive your blessing. Father, this is our heart. Forgive us and may we walk in your blessing and may our testimony to the world be of the blessing of what you are doing and may our lives be lived toward your purpose and your mission because it's to that end that we were created to glorify you and reflect you. And when we do that, there is no thing that is greater. There is no thing that is more rewarding than fulfilling what you've called us to do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our prayer partners will be available to pray with anyone for any reason today. God bless you, Westside, and do not miss next. Hey, Westside, thanks for sticking with us. We hope that you enjoyed uh, week one.